This is the Press Play Podcast, powered by Explainify. Join us as we dispel the mystery that surrounds video, the world's most popular medium for communication. We'll share our expertise and provide the best analyses, strategies, and practices as we show you how to establish brand awareness, create noteworthy educational content, and drive insane amounts of revenue. Here's your host, Derek Gerber. Hello and welcome to another episode of Press Play. I am your host, Derek Grover, and today we have Josh Breaker, the CRO of PBR. Welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're really excited to have you here. So, all right, let's jump right into it. Tell us who you are and what you do for a living so the audience can get a grip here. All right. So Josh Baker, Chief Revenue Officer for PBR from a small town in Eastern Oregon, very small town, about 2,000 people. Uh, Graduated University of Oregon in 2006. Um, small tidbits uh, started in minor league baseball, AAA baseball for the, the Tacoma Rainiers, which is uh, the AAA affiliate up in for the, the Seattle Mariners. And then uh, had a, a, a weird quick stop for Resist All Arena, Mesquite Championship Rodeo in Mesquite, Texas. Then I went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Well, I was there for nine years. And actually, it probably set my path for, for my career because I remember when I was interviewing, uh, LeBron had just left and he left two months prior to that. And after I interviewed, I went back and told my wife, I said, look, I think we should go to Cleveland. And neither of us know anything about Cleveland. And I, I had, uh, and I'm already going off on a tangent. Sorry about that. So I had, uh, set my interview for when the Seattle Mariners were in town. So I cut a, a two games with the Mariners while I was interviewing in Cleveland. And I go back and I say, Hey, we need to go to Cleveland. She's like, why would you do that? LeBron just left. I said, well, I can either parlay it into a, a career in sports, or if it doesn't work, I'll just go to University of Oregon, I'll get my law degree, and I'll have a completely different path. And so that's this kind of uh, led me to some, some challenges that lead to success. And then about two years ago, I kind of felt that my, my marketability had, had, keeped, had, had peaked in, in the NBA, and you know, someone had uh, a, a mentor that, that I have, a, a very, very smart young lady named Marcia Steinberg, who works for Teambo. And she worked for the Knicks and NYCFC. She said, hey, you know, PBR is looking for somebody. And she she facilitated a, a conversation. And then I came here two years ago. That's exciting to hear. We love those types of stories because there's always a fork in the road, isn't there? Do I go do this one thing that makes sense to everybody else? Or do I take a shot and throw some points up on the board? And I love how you you pulled that story together. And, you know, ending up here today, here on the show again, I know you've been on that journey. And that's a part of pulling apart that story layer by layer is, how could we share with the audience today? What kind of examples can we share along the way? So getting to, to PBR right now, obviously your sport is incredibly unique. It has a very loyal fan base. I know family, friends, and other family relation, you know, members uh, very involved who actually used to be in the sport too. So how have you been able to go after the, the corporate sponsorships and partnerships lately that have supported, you know, the, the, the organization and all the writers during this new normal time, if you would? Yeah, well, you know, one of the reasons that I came to PBR is it's a true national brand. And you, you don't have a lot of those in, like, anymore. Because, um, you know, if you take the Cavs with, with the, the, the rules of the NBA, you can only market, well, before 2016, you could only market 150 mile radius from where you play your home game. And then the, the owners came together and they, they voted on something different. And now that the Cavs can, can market all of Ohio. But if you think in Texas, you know, it's split between a couple of teams, New York split between some teams, you know, and, and so it, it creates, it's prohibitive to have a national brand. You can't do national branding in the big four. 
And I, I just thought that it, it was unique where PBR goes into Bangor, Maine, San Diego, Jacksonville, Florida, Tacoma, Washington, Staples Center, Madison Square Garden, Boston, and we're everywhere. And I think what the, the, the way that we're able to, that we're able to catch momentum and catch some heat is that we have really exploited that. So if, if you're a smaller brand, if you're, say you're a small brick and mortar bank and you just want to hit Boston, boom, you can do that. But if you are a, a company that wants to hit the Southwest region, you can join us for Staples Center, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Glendale. Or if you want to brand build, you can be a, a national partner and we're, we're going to help you out from, from coast to coast. And, and that, that, that could hit everything, local, regional, national, and CBS branding, all, all those, those big things. And there, there's something else that I think is a little bit differentiator. Our, our fans are, they live the life. And what I mean by that, it's, it's a lifestyle brand, right? So if you take nothing against the Browns or the Seahawks, but I don't, I, when I was in Cleveland, not one time did I see a person wearing a Browns helmet walk into a restaurant to, to sit down and eat. They just don't do it, right? Because football is a hobby. And but Western sports, these people, they, they, they live it and they, they're wearing Wranglers and Ariats and American hats and they drive Fords on Cooper tires. And it's just the, it's what they do. And so their outlet is Western sports and the, the culmination of all the all the, the sports is always bull riding. That's why it's the last sport at a rodeo. You, you sit through six disciplines and you have bull riding to keep people in the stands and sell the merch and the beers and, and all that. And so I, I just think that the, the uniqueness um, in the short clips of eight seconds max creates a, a great uh, consumer product. And then with the, the lifestyle, the, the brands, they're, they're now kind of starting to chase us a little bit. They're, they're no longer the endemics. It's not just Wrangler and Ariat, but it's, you know, we, we got some like ZipRecruiter and TAT and CBD companies and Nextgrill. And so we're, we're starting to kind of crack the egg on non-endemic brands that, they don't really care about bull riding per se. What they want is access to our fans. So, I mean, that's amazing too, because the evolution from a couple of years ago and technology and what the expectations were for fans, but overall, the core value of this, it, it still hasn't changed. We're still trying to build that relationship with fans in the stands that represent the right demographic. And so it's like for the audience, you know, where's your demo? There's a demo. This is America. You know, this is this is our brand right here. And these are the people that we want to get drinking the beers that we want to get uh, buying, you know, the software that we're trying to get them to use for their app to make, you know, their life better and things like that in between. So when we get into building these awareness campaigns, these loyalty campaigns, what's been going on in the last couple of years that helped drive uh, maybe some really big campaigns you could talk about with some brands that can shine some light on what you're saying? Well, I, I think a big one is so Tractor Supply Company is a brand new brand that, that, that got on board, and the the CMO at Tractor Supply she happened to be with Home Depot when they partnered with ESPN for College Game Day, and people have been chasing Tractor Supply for thirty years trying to do sports sponsorships, but they've never done one. And you know they have like nineteen hundred stores, they do fifteen billion a year. I mean, it's no small mom and pop shop. This is a big company, and it, it took over a year to to close this deal because there, there was just so many conversations. And the, the whole time, she's just like, look, what is our college game day? And so instead of trying to rewrite history or anything like that, I decided we're just going to make college game day. So we, we went out and, and purchased a, a TV studio 
with the stage that's on wheels. And now it'll be our 12th truck that we have on the road that goes from event to event. And we wrapped it in, in tractor supply. And it's now our lead-in for CBS Sports um, National TV, which you know is pre and post NFL. It leads into the Masters, um, and, and so now each broadcast opens up in that from that that trailer, and we can do ancillary um, activations with that trailer. We can sell tickets out of it. We can pull it in two days before the event and put it in a tractor supply uh, parking lot. We can have uh, autograph signings. We can do podcasts. We can do all types of things, and, and that, that's one of those things where. For something like that, it's really brand alignment, right? It's like our fans now see that they that they're in the family, and if they've never gone there, we can tell the story of why you should go there. Because you know what, Tractor Supply doesn't sell tractors; they don't sell tractor parts. So their their issue has always been that they're called Tractor Supply, but no one actually knows what's there. Um, and so it's it's our job to kind of tell that story and help them permeate not just you know, the, the urban farms, but get closer to the cities, get into the suburbs. If people have dogs and cats, they should go there for, for, uh, domestic, uh, pet food and, and things of that nature. So they, they, they just signed on board. They'll be with us for a, a minimum of, of a few years. But I think that was kind of one of our big, uh, I'd say partnership activations that only doesn't, doesn't just help them, but it helps us on TV because we're going to create this dy- dynamic atmosphere with fans in the back and holding signs and, and doing the whole thing like college game day. That's amazing. I love the college game day approach, right? You know, every time someone comes around, you want to do that best work for them. And I love what you said about the brand alignment part. I'm also going to touch back on the, the eight second uh, film part that you talked about there. It's that with all these different advertisements we see today, all the content we're using our phones even more to engage um, things can get scrolled by very quickly. And when you have small moving parts that are easily digestible, the retention rates are out of control and you can drive further activations and campaigns with better conversion rates like that. So tell me more about like your shift from thinking tactically or strategically much more up into your, your role here. So you went from SVP, but now you've stepped up and you're the, you know, the, the CRO here. So I'm, I'm touching on what, what does that look like for you and how are you coaching the rest of the team to bring them to success as we're moving forward here? Yeah. So, my role changed a little more, a little quicker than I had anticipated. When, when I came on board, I was overseeing domestic partnerships, uh, that sales service fulfillment. And then about four or five months in, Sean Gleason, the CEO, um, he said, all right, so now you also have Canada, Brazil, Australia, and Mexico. I was like, well, okay, so I know nothing about any of those places. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll make it work. Um, and then we, we, we saw some success there. And I'll, I'll tell you a story about Australia and COVID in, in, in a minute. Um, and then about two or three months ago, when I was named CRO, I took on licensing, merchandise, consumer products, and then the, the premium sales and service team. So I've got some, some verticals, and I'm still building out those verticals because we're, we're, we've also been expanding heavily into Western sports other than PBR. So we, we took over a, a joint venture. We, we joined a joint venture that um, is managing the Cowtown Coliseum and the Stockyards in Fort Worth, Texas, which is the epitome of, of Western sports. And then we partnered with WCRA to do rodeos and bring them on national TV. And then Bill Pickett, which is the all-black rodeo, and that, that's been around for 50 years. And we wanted to partner with them so we could amplify black rodeos um, in the cowboys and cowgirls that, that have been doing it for years, but have just not been noticed or haven't had a, I don't know, a great platform to, to be able to perform on. 
And we also partner with WRWC, which is women's rodeo, because they're often they're they're working their asses off and they're they're not making equitable uh, money. And so we're, we're we're trying to make sure everyone gets to to play and and get paid in in the sandbox. And so I oversee the sponsorships and fulfillment of of all of those. And and so it has branched out pretty quickly. Um, and then on top of that, you know, we're we're building out a team that that's growing growing pretty quickly. That's amazing. Yeah, because there's like, you know, that that pillar concept, if you would, in building supporting elements and further bringing people into the family, like you said earlier, that's what gets me excited. That's big picture thinking. And so like, that's an exciting evolution, all the different territories and expansions, and then also thinking across different sports and other entertainment elements. I mean, that's just, you know, that's five stars right there, best practices. So tell me more about like, what you know, it's like to make PBR more of that household name for more people. What does that What does that look like and feel like internally too? As you get excited about that, yeah. Well, you know, we, we've we've had a couple of test runs uh, during COVID. Everything got a little bit difficult, um, and what we needed to do is make sure that we were able to deliver on our contractual obligations to CBS and CBS Sportsnet. So we have a certain amount of hours on broadcast that, that we have to do. We weren't sure if we were going to be able to to fulfill all of those. So um, our leadership team, myself and, and six others with our CEO, um, basically we, we created a, a team challenge. It was called the Monster Energy Team Challenge. And we met at South Point um, in all of June, four weekends in a row. And then the championship was a, the first event indoors with fans in, in the country. And that was in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. So I digress a little bit. We, we created eight teams of four bull riders and we, competed basically a, a team challenge and to be able to fulfill with our partners, there was like team area, team uh, Cooper tires, team Lucas oil. And, and so all of these were on CBS Sportsnet, and the championship was on, on CBS sports. And so we were able to fulfill TV, fulfill drive value for, for partners, got massive impressions, but it was kind of our, our first run at what a team challenge would look like, because it's kind of like, if, if you look at golf, so Dustin Johnson, never roots for Brooks Kepka. They just don't do it, right? It's an individual sport. And, you know, and Brooks Kepka never roots for Bryson, right? It just never happened. But now if they're on the same team and there's big money on the line and the last guy comes down and it's Bryson, and if he performs, their team is going to win. Now Brooks, like inherently, just, it, you know, just as, as a human is going to is gonna root for that person. And, and so we, we think that there's some value in turning PBR individual into PBR team. Uh, and, and then, at, so after that team challenge, which, which was fantastic, um, we did a new event called Cowboys for a Cause where we bucked bulls on the aircraft carrier on the USS Lexington down in Corpus Christi. And that was also, so all the money went to charity, but that, that was also a team challenge. And that kicked so much ass that we did it again three weeks ago in Corpus. So I, I think to, to, you know, we, we, there, we've had discussions about potentially looking at some sort of team challenge uh, to that would be geographically based. So say if something is in Texas, the Cowboys fans and the Houston Texans fans, they, they would root for their, their home team. I don't know what that looks like, but I, I, I could see that being the next iteration of what PBR looks like. That's exciting. I mean, there's so many things you just dropped right there and a lot of knowledge for the audience. But again, you can hear from the audience side now, there's a lot of expansion into creative ideas, things outside the norm you may not have considered. And 
where it's pushing me to think about more too is like, how can the fans who are not there interact with it? I'm going to go towards digital content, right? I mean, is, are you having a greater demand for more video or more shots or, you know, what's the production like look like from the, the content creation side for your team? So interesting. We, we are the only sports entity that's on national TV that, that we produce all of our own content. So our, our shows that are live on CBS, the, we do that. We own the TV trucks. We have the production people. We do all that and we stream it to CBS. If it's on a one day delay, we do all of it. We cut, we edit, cut, boom, goes to CBS. And, and so when you control that, you control impressions, you control storylines, deliverables, everything. So that, that, that's, that's very unique uh, for, for an organization that people would still call niche or niche, however you want to say it. I say niche. So it's, I, I feel like we're not really niche anymore. You know, you're starting to, to border, you're starting to hit a hundred million fans and most people know what PBR is and they'll say, Oh man, I catch that sometimes. Not always. I catch it sometimes on, on Sundays, but for, for a sport that does have a national TV, you know, 10 year deal to, to produce your own stuff is, is very unique. On top of that, we recently uh, signed a deal with Pluto TV. It's also owned by CBS Viacom. And we were their, their first live sport channel. So it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, just PBR. And so we'll do live shows, but we'll also do our like library. We have tens of thousands of hours of our library. So when we launched on July 17th, we started with, here's the 1996 season of PBR. And you're seeing old time, like uh, legends of, of bull riding. And, and so in, in regard to the, the digital content, we're, I mean, we're, we're just, just beginning. We're just the tip of the iceberg because our, our numbers have, have been fantastic. People are watching. They're staying on. Um, it just kind of shows how loyal the, the fan base is because due to how we've captured the market with content, if someone wants real high production Western sports content, they have to come through PBR. You can't go anywhere else. Well, it's really exciting to hear this transition into digital platform and how you get to create and control the content that comes out. And that's what makes it so exciting is that, you know, what's the evolutionary part? What's always forward thinking? And you're doing it right now as best practices. So let's let's get to the end here for the audience. Um, what's next for the you and, and the PVR, right? Um, what type of myths can we bust? What type of lessons can we walk away with today? Well, actually, so the, the, the myth part is, is big. So, you know, uh, being an animal sport. We, we, we get hammered by PETA and animal rights quite often. And so the, the, the myth is that there is, is a rope tied around the, the genitalia to, to piss off the bulls and make them buck and, and all those things. And it couldn't be further from the truth. And, and we obviously have talking points on that. But if, if you think about it, so um, like a thoroughbred horse, right? A, 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 a pony that runs 42 miles an hour. You don't see these horses running and sprinting out the pasture. Ever. They're never sprinting full speed out like in a pasture. But when a jockey gets on them, they know it's go time. It's go time now. And it's the same thing with bulls. When, when they're back in, in the gates, I mean, they, they're hanging out. They're, they might be making noises, but they're not, uh, they're not violent. They're not kicking. They're not jumping. Nothing. Uh, those, the, the, the actual walls that they're behind are only about five and a half feet tall, a bull could jump over that without touching it. And so, but once the, the cowboy gets on a bull, they know that it's go time. Uh, and, you know, these, I always say that a PBR bull, if they get, if they make it to the PBR, it's like they, they, they hit the, the, the cow lottery. 
because now they're, they're going to buck once a week for a few years, and then they're going to go out to pasture to die of old ages and, and basically be a stud and, and, and breed for genetic lines. And if you don't make PBR, you turn into a burger or a steak. And, and so the, the, the fact that, you know, p- people think that it, it's animal cruelty, it's actually, it's, it's quite the opposite. So that, that, that's a myth right there that, that I'd like to, to bust because, um, I, you know, I think, you know, I grew up in Eastern Oregon, small town, uh, ranching and bull riding and you know, barrel racing and, and all that. And I also thought that. So, you know, it, it's not difficult to think that, that people would think that, but, you know, it, it takes us and PRCA and other rodeos to, to be able to have that conversation to make sure that the misinformation isn't just permeating, you know, every nook and cranny of, of the, the, the country. Well, you know, perception matters. And like, I think that when you get into these types of sports, it's obviously for one group to say one thing or something else, but until you lived it, you've been there and you've seen it, you've been a part of that, grab the rope. Uh, changes your perception a lot. And so that's, you know, this form of digital content, bringing that to life, telling that story in the background too, that always makes it like really exciting too. And like, you know, we love to hear that on the show. So, all right, man. Well, hey, I just want to say thank you again for being here. Um, the audience really appreciates it as we do the outro. Thank you again, audience. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Press Play, powered by Explainify on all the different channels, if I didn't say that already. So I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thanks and see you on the next episode.